Welcome to Language Keepers, Emergence Magazine's six-part journey into the struggle for indigenous language survival in California. I'm Emmanuel Vaughn Lee, executive editor of Emergence Magazine, located on the unceded ancestral lands of the Coast Miwok people of present-day Marin County. This podcast series is a continuation of Language Keepers, Emergence Magazine's award-winning multimedia story where we explored the current state of four different indigenous California languages and how dedicated families and communities are facing the challenges of revitalizing some of the most vulnerable languages in the world. In 2019, our filmmaking team, led by director Adam Lofton, crisscrossed California, witnessing the language revitalization efforts of Talawadaini, Kuruk, Wukchumni, and Kawaiasu communities. This critical work is more important than ever as the dwindling number of last remaining fluent speakers document and impart their cultural and traditional knowledge to the next generation of language keepers. So this month we'll be working on um, baskets, materials, tools, different things regarding basket weaving. I've always welcomed anybody and everybody to come to class, you know, that wants to learn the language. All right. At the age of 86, Marie Wilcox is the only remaining fluent speaker of the Wukchumni language. As a first language speaker, Marie grew up speaking Wukchumni with her grandmother. But after her grandmother passed, the language began to slip away and she ultimately spent most of her life speaking English while working in the local citrus groves and raising her family. The Wukchumni are part of the broader Yokuts tribal group and have lived in the area now known as Central California for millennia. Before European contact, as many as 50,000 Yokuts lived in the region, but those numbers have steadily diminished. Today, it's estimated that fewer than 200 Wukchumni remain. We first shared Marie's story in 2014 with the short film Marie's Dictionary, originally published in the New York Times. 
The story shared how, in her 60s, Marie felt compelled to return to her language. And with the help of her daughter, Jennifer Malone, Marie spent 20 years compiling the first ever Wukchumni Dictionary. When we filmed this story six years ago, basic Wukchumni classes were being offered at a local tribal community center. But the language was gaining little traction. And other than Jennifer and her grandson, few were dedicating the time needed to learn Wukchumni. Undeterred, but uncertain about the fate of their language, Marie and Jennifer continued to expand and refine the dictionary. I think it was like 1989, Mom started teaching us the language because it was just part of her and she said that she wanted to teach us the language so that um, she would have someone to talk to. My mother learned her Wachamini language from her grandmother when she was very young. Mom's age was seven or eight when her grandmother passed away. When she passed away, she said that everything went with her. I left my Indian language behind when my grandma died. So that was it. Since 91, I started remembering. Uh, our words, lake, ocean, sea, paasi, paasi my duptin, lame, watukwita. I'd write them down on uh, pieces of paper anywhere I was sitting, and then I'd try to keep them in one spot, but then I'd, I'd lose it, and I'd have to look again for the same words. <laughs> I don't know how many times. One more. Wake up. Uh, Probably about one o'clock or somewhere around yeah, there. Write down a word. <laughs> I just thinking. I guess I dream about it or something. Maybe my grandma's trying to tell me. Remember, remember. <laughs> Lard, oil, grease, hecha. Shantela hecha otoi. I couldn't speak it, didn't know how to put a sentence together. I just wanted to learn the words again. Late, last one, behind. Kutoi, kutoi, machant within. I was very surprised that she could remember all that from her age, young age that uh, her grandmother had left her. She just started writing down her words on envelopes and papers, you know. And so she'd sit up night after night, typing on the computer, which she was never a computer person, but she wanted to do this. And so she never let any of us do the typing. It had to be her because that was her writing system and her way that she wanted to create the dictionary. So every single page that's in there is hers.
I'm just a pecker, I, one word at a time. And uh, I was slow. Just peck, peck, peck. So when I had all these words together, I thought it would be a good idea to try to make a dictionary. I didn't say that I wanted to save it for anybody else to learn. I just wanted to get it together. Flat, high wish. Danshi matan high wish. Every morning I'd, you know, uh, have my coffee and uh, have a sandwich, and uh, then I'd get right on that. It was amazing to hear the language, because, you know, most people think it's all gone, and I felt that it was gone too. But just to have mom bring it back, it was just beautiful to hear the language and to hear her telling a story. To me, it seemed like she would just shining, you know, because it was kind of like bringing her grandmother with her all the time. Lay down, inel, inel yo, entrim. It took many years for her to do this dictionary. She loved doing it. She would work many hours late at night and get up and work on it during the day. And uh, the X sound. Oh, that's the hardest one for everybody. <laughs> They don't have I've been working with mom on this dictionary for all the years, and I've helped her a lot. A, right here. Oh, there. Oh my gosh. Anyway, the TR sound and the CH sound sounds a little bit alike to me, but I know. I know. Tashish. Tashish. Uh-huh. Got it? I got it. I feel it. That's very because she she wanted to make sure I knew how to say the words right. So if I would say something and she can't hear that well, that's not how I said it. You know, I would kind of get scolded. We got to go through this whole thing again because I didn't like the sentences. They didn't make sense to me. Oh, it just seemed like it would take forever. I am very surprised that we've gotten as far as we have. Leaf. Dup, dup. Me and my grandson are uh, trying to record our dictionary from uh, A to Z. Learn. The whole dictionary took me about seven years. So <laughs> that was a lot of work for me. Language, talk, speak. Six years after filming Marie's dictionary, we return to visit Marie and witness the current Wukchumni language revitalization efforts. Jennifer is now teaching regular language classes to members of the community. The dictionary has become an inspiration to indigenous communities around the world who are working to revitalize their own languages. And within Marie's family, Speaking Wukchumni has become a collective effort across four generations. My cousin is toothless person. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> That's a secret. Uh, In the last few years, we have picked up more students that are really advancing. Sheila, Shep, Burden Basket. Sheila is my cousin. 
burden basket. At first she felt really intimidated. She wanted to make sure that she said things right. Uh, to me, she's the one that has advanced so much. She left the road. I said, Nim Chekachin. Hede, Hoyoish Nim Sheila, Nim Inyana and Hoyoish Shianikin. My mom, growing up, uh, she would talk to me in the language. And she would scold me at times because she wanted me to learn, but it wasn't really a priority. But it was important to me, but work was always there. Plus, I got married. Eventually, I had to take care of her. She lived with me. She would still throw words out at me, but um, I knew in time that uh, I was going to lose my language. So when I lost my mom, I felt like I lost myself. <laughs> so I talked to Jennifer about it, and I told myself, I'm going to go back to my language. And from that day on, that emptiness went away. And. I told Jennifer that it was my goal to learn as much as I can. And as long as Marie is here, I told Marie, I'll always be here. I'll learn with her. Yeah, the fish. Cradleboard. Growing up, I knew her, her family. I knew her brothers, sisters. They were my aunts and uncles, and they're all gone now. And Marie's the last one. And I would think about that. And I told Marie, I said, you're here for a reason. And uh, I know it's sad for her to think that way because they're all gone, but, but she's here for a reason. It's, it's to help us keep our language going. It's sad because I know she wishes that more young people would be interested or make the time to learn, but you can't make them. You can't make them come here. And it's just sad because once she's gone, that's it. And those people that aren't learning it right now, they'll be saying, I wished I would have sat down with her. I wished I would have listened to her. My mom and aunt and the old people said that in their time. Well, we're saying it in our time. If we lose our language, it's like we don't exist anymore. Oh, this is what I want picked out for destiny. Our next word is stick out your tongue. Destiny, a lot we. <laughs> My granddaughter, Destiny, has really gotten excited about working with the language with me. What is Right now, I think my main goal is to get her to doing phrases. I can understand it more than I can say it, so I kind of well, got to get over that, getting it out of my mouth. Like, I'm trying to be like... My, uh, my? My Hede, Hoyoish Nim, a body Benoyan Paan, Nim Melakana, Destiny. My Native American name is a body Benoyan Paan, which is sunshine of two worlds. My grandma says it's the Native American world and the white world. 
as a young person, it's hard to combine both of those worlds. It's almost like I have this duty to be a part of it, you know, and sometimes it can be hard to stay committed to that, but I try my best. <laughs> I've always been learning Wakchemni from the time I was small, and I actually didn't realize how much I was learning until now. Like, when we talk together, I'm like, oh, I know that. Like, I didn't know that I know that, but I do. The fluency part, it is hard, but it's something that I can dedicate my life to and hopefully be there within, I couldn't even say a couple years, it would probably take a lifetime. I have a gray strap for the cradle board. This strap was a new word too. The strap for the cradle board is called as a one word thing. I am so proud of the things that Destiny has done with our language and wanting to be um, part of carrying on our culture and using our language to pass this on. If you guys had noticed, uh, Crystal typed up our basket weaving ways. It looks really nice and uh, the rules that we always go by. Can you tell me one rule, Destiny? Do not weave while you're troubled. Do not weave while you're troubled. Basket weaving is our rules of life, basically, you know, so all of that ties in together. And when she spends time with me, I think that's all I really talk to her about, you know, is the things that we do. That, that helps a lot. Yeah. I can put what baby basket? Do you put a newborn baby in? Uh-huh. Destiny. Yeah, I got it. Okay. It is hard to be fully committed to being Native, but also living in today's world of being English and just living life. Since 2017, when I had my son, it was like I wanted to do it for him. I wanted to make sure that it was there for him when it was his time. I'm doing time. I'm doing time, Oliver. Tell Grandma poop. Grandma poop. Grandma can't see. Okay, next page. Look, look, turn the page. Turn it over. My grandkids have been my inspiration, Holly, and with my new great grandson. I just feel so excited to pass anything on to him, you know, so that he can grow up with our language. Look at Banoi Upish, February. Mm -hmm. I've worked on making a little flip book for my son. One of the main things that I want to do is make sure that he's hearing the Wuchumni first before he figures out the English. So bong Mayan. I want to bundle up with our blankets. Oh, with your blankets. <laughs> it is special to have your great-great-grandma there in the first years of your life. That's when you learn everything, you know, in your first couple years of life, and he's going to have that. He, I don't know if he'll ever remember it, but I hope he does, you know, like. And every time they're together, I'm like, oh, you got to take a picture of them. <laughs> like, I want them to be together, you know, like. We try to capture that moment any chance we get. Oh. <laughs> I love you so much. Do you love me? 
I know he's picking up on it real good right now because he even listens to me when I tell him, or what do you want? And <laughs> Tell him great great grandma. Okay, so Sukwi Min Shumlela. You know, Mom's always said she just wants someone to talk to and with him being so little, you know, if he says hey, that, she'll be excited. I'm hoping that he will have someone to talk to. He's going to have a little cousin coming in March, so maybe they can get together and learn the language, and he will be the teacher. <gasps> There's your page. Probably teaching his mom, too. Ka'udetrumuk, <laughs> the fire is warm. A long time ago, our ancestors learned it from the beginning, so I feel like my son is our next step to get it to that point, you know, like, since he's so small, like, <laughs> he's just gonna be able to soak it up like a sponge. As long as we have our resources and things that we can look back on, I can continue my great-grandma's legacy, his great-grandma's legacy, and, and mine as well. The thing that makes me feel good is how my kids feel about her. You know, she's their whole world. And, uh, they'd do anything in the world for her. Yeah, it seems like that. <laughs> they're so, uh, they're so awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And I know that everybody knows how hard mom has worked on this, but from me to her, to a big thank you. And uh, she has just given us so much. My role, I feel, is to archive it all, make sure that it gets documented and put somewhere to where 100 years from now our families will be able to access and to be able to speak. And it will keep going. I think she has a little confidence in me. <laughs> There's about five that really I have confidence in that they will carry it on, and they'll be teaching. There should be more. I know there should be more, but I don't know. I can't, I can't say. It's just a, a dream that I've had, I guess you'd say, that uh, I could hear the language spoken again uh, and uh, with me because um, who I miss the most is my grandma and speaking the language and uh, what she, just the things that she taught me. And I just want to uh, hear my uh, family speak it, the language again because there's no one else to speak with. <laughs> hmm. 
Language Keepers is produced in partnership with Advocates for Indigenous California Language Survival. You can experience video introductions and accompanied biographies of the voices you hear at languagekeepers.us. Acknowledging the original Indigenous inhabitants of the land you live on is a key step towards healing the legacy of colonization. You can do this by visiting native-land.ca or downloading the Native Land app developed by Native Land Digital. This episode is produced and directed by Adam Lofton and Emmanuel Vaughn Lee. It's edited by Adam Lofton and narrated by Emmanuel Vaughn Lee. Original music by Matthew Atticus Berger and H. Scott Salinas. Narration is written by Adam Lofton, Chelsea Steinauer Scudder, and Emmanuel Vaughn Lee. Sound mix and design is by D. Chris Smith. Sound recording is by Ben Solitiano, with additional production support from Devin Talaton. Language Keepers would not have been possible without the collaboration and support of the Talawa Dene, Karuk, Wukchumni, and Kawaiasu communities featured in this podcast. Emergence Magazine is an initiative of Kalyapea Foundation. Our original essays, films, in-depth interviews, and rich multimedia explore the threads connecting ecology, culture, and spirituality. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever podcasts are found. To subscribe to our newsletter and check out more of our stories, visit emergencemagazine.org. <laughs>